Welcome back to Classroom Brew. Grab a beer and take your seats. Welcome back to Classroom Brew. This is episode 12. If you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe, rate and review on iTunes, the podcast app. I'm trying to think of any other applications you might be able to do that on. There's also a lot of social media. There's at Classroom Brew on Instagram. There's also facebook.com slash Classroom Brew. All those good things. If you'd like to communicate with us, feel free to email, send a message to the Instagram or the Facebook page. Uh, that's always cool when you guys reach out. Before we dive in, I almost forgot... Uh, I want to give a big shout out to my friend Veronica, who tunes in every week. Uh, she always you know, has something nice to say about it, uh, a nice perspective, and it, it really means a lot that you are uh, tuning in every single time there's an episode. And I think you had a nice little road trip from uh, down south all the way up to your, your parents' house, uh, and you had a nice little classroom brew binge. So thank you again, Veronica. You rock. This week, I've got my friend Sam on. Hey, Sam. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. It's a Friday, right? So that's always good. It's a Friday. <laughs> um, so uh, Sam and I met our first year of grad school. You went on to uh, the three-year uh, program. So we didn't get to see you for all of our classes, but intermittently. And I think we got to know each other pretty well, kind of learning about our different perspectives and stuff like that. But you're about to start student teaching pretty soon, which is exciting. Yes, so, correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for you. I mean, I know you're just like, oh my God, let me just get this over with and start, <laughs> but it's an exciting time. When Matt was on the podcast not too long ago, we talked about like some fears or uh, just general thoughts, excitements, things like that for student teaching. We're like, you're what, like a few months away, if even two or, two or three? I don't know. Yeah, I am. Actually, I start in January student teaching. Okay, so, oh, so even less. Yeah, about a month. Um yeah, lots of fears, mostly excitement, but um, I found out my student teaching placement, um, let's see, last week. So where you want to be? Yeah, it was definitely in my top three schools. So I am student teaching at a neighborhood school in the neighborhood that's west of where I live, Okay. Um, which is super ideal for me in terms of commuting, yeah. um, but also really excited about the community that I get to be a part of um, at the school. Um, the... I actually went in for an interview before they placed me there. And the administrator at the school that I'm now placed at for student teaching uh, basically flat out said, like, you know, um, we have a very um, diverse population in terms of, um, like, immigrant status or um, okay. in terms of... Like DACA and stuff like that? Uh, or... Actually, I'm not sure. She didn't really say anything she, about... She probably shouldn't, actually. Yeah, about right. <laughs> about DACA. But yeah, um Definitely um, in a neighborhood that's very diverse in terms of culture, ethnicity. Sure. Um, and then the students themselves as well in, in terms of um, learning, um, learning strengths, learning needs, everything. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to be teaching world studies and criminology, which I'm actually really nervous about. That's, I think I saw you, you posted something. You were like, I don't know if I should do it. What do you guys think? Yeah. Right? So <laughs> right. they, they convinced you, you. You thought you could. Yeah. Um, You'll at, be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I've, you know, U.S. history is like probably the subject that I'm most versed in. Sure. Um, and then like I could probably do like sociology, maybe psychology, you know, I could get, you know, I could probably get into like anthropology, probably civics too. Civics, that's a, that's definitely an easy civics. One. Yeah. yeah, 
world studies? Are you comfortable with that? You have that, but are you comfortable with it? That is one that I'm less comfortable with in the sense that I don't know what a roadmap would look like. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, you could always Google that, though. Yeah, like that's curriculum true. Curriculum maps. Yeah, for world studies. And it's so different. Like, I think each teacher probably has their own sort of take on what world studies is. Sure. Well, and like I teach U.S. and civics, but for U.S., I take a worldly approach. Mm. Um, like I'll, we're about to start World War II. Uh, we just finished World War I, but I, I do thematic units. So we're doing mobilization in America. Okay. I'm going to start with like, well, I, in the past, I've always started with like what led to a conflict in, you know, Europe or elsewhere. And then why did the U.S. get involved later? Right. So a lot of people don't like that you take that world approach. It's just be no, just just start from world uh, from uh, from Pearl Harbor with World mm. War Two, which I'm not really in line with. But totally, I think you'd be you should be fine. You got it. Yeah, and you're you're a bright person, so you should be able to to pick it up. Like I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't too comfortable knowing that I was going to teach government when I student taught because I was mm. like, oh, I just want to do world and U.S. But mm. it turned out fine. It turned out okay. Yeah. You you taught government and. What else did you teach? Uh, for student teaching, I taught U.S. and government. And then okay. now I teach civics, which is a little different. It's not so much focusing on like government structures. Now it's more your participation mm. in government, uh, specifically in the city that we're in. And then U.S. So I actually haven't reused a lot of material from student teaching. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay. That's probably not wise. But I mean, I've modified a few things, but it's mostly starting from scratch again because I have some better ideas mm, okay so, yeah that's that's i guess that's a lot of work but it's also <laughs> exciting yeah well um, we have the internet now so if we need true. like some ideas on how to like spark our memory you know for sure be good yeah i'm definitely planning to spend most of or part of break reading up on world studies and sure. criminology <laughs> stay a day ahead <laughs> yeah that's pretty common though like there's some people that i know they've been hired to teach chemistry and they're like i like this is back in the day they didn't have the certification and they're like i literally stayed a day ahead of my students yeah that's <laughs> that's what my mentor teacher said this year when i told him like i've never taken a course in criminology um and i'm way less comfortable teaching world studies mm -hmm. um and he's like you know you just need to stay a day ahead of your students it's <laughs> <laughs> well, like that's great <laughs> that's the phrase of the day yeah yeah um, it's, it's true though. yeah no totally and I think I'm probably even more nervous about teaching criminology um, as someone who, I don't know, I guess it's complicated, right? Because our political views shape us mm -hmm. in terms of how yeah, we teach. You don't want to like lean too far one way and influence them. And I want to give them f access to the frameworks that they're working in. Like I sure. want to give them access to understanding that they are working in frameworks. That's true, because they might think it's the only thing that exists if they're yeah. not. I mean, look at what happened in this election with that whole echo chamber type of thing. But, mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah, and I think it seems like a really cool program because it's part of a larger like law program, and I'm going to be teaching like the third year class or course sure. of that program in criminal psychology. Um, and I'm also, I guess, I'm a person who politically subscribes to like restorative justice and transformative justice frameworks. Um, and so that'll be interesting teaching criminology and like its overlap with psychology yeah. while also kind of looking critically or having critical lenses for the current criminal justice system. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be an interesting. Nowadays, yeah. <laughs> you almost have to laugh at it too. Otherwise you're just like, this is depressing. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I'm excited. I'm not even sure 
you know, what the curriculum map looks like. So sure. Or like what the day to day is mm -hmm. like, is it case studies, mm. you know, every couple of days or so, or like, what is, you're certainly not going to read from a text. Probably. I hope not, but probably not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah unless there's some random criminal, like criminal psychology textbooks <laughs> out, out there. there yeah. I'm sure Pearson made it just probably to, yeah. <laughs> to rule the world. Uh, so are you nervous about the TPA? A little bit, a lot less now. Um, now that, you know, we've had some practice sure. actually doing the EdTPA like tasks mm -hmm. and then being able this semester to plan and actually teach a lesson um, at the school I was observing at mm -hmm. and using that lesson to then write the commentary for the EdTPA and like how my instruction went and everything was actually really great practice. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So uh, you said you already did your, when we were talking before we recorded, you did your demo lesson where um, Jen observed you and stuff. What you? What was the lesson? How to go? Uh, I got it. <laughs> like, oh, it went yeah, so shitty. Yeah, like, <laughs> it. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't like the worst that it could have been. I definitely did the thing where I was very optimistic about time. He, oh, that happens all the time. Okay, good. Yeah. I wasn't the only one. Yeah, I tried to cram so much in, but yeah. it was interesting because it was in a consumer education class. And um, so there was sort of this economic perspective going on. And we were talking about Section 8 housing um, okay. and like housing choice vouchers. And I was teaching on, yeah, just a little bit of the history of like housing choice vouchers in Chicago and like Section 8 housing. Um, and then the, the exit slip that I thought was just like genius Perfect. was it like, would, it would tie it all together. Yeah. <laughs> was like, um, having students sort of evaluate, um, cause we were also talking about housing discrimination. Mm -hmm. Um, but having students va evaluate, cause actually in Chicago, I think in Cook County, the, if a person receives a housing choice voucher or is like section eight, um, housing, um, they, cannot be discriminated against by a landlord in okay. terms of like if a landlord accepts or rejects them mm -hmm. um a landlord can like accept or reject their application based on other things but it can't be because they receive a voucher right um so if they try hard enough they could still find a way to they could yeah mm -hmm. um and then the the exit slip that i created was um take the perspective of either a renter or a landlord mm -hmm. or someone who owns property um and um, tell me if you think that the um, Section 8 housing status, like if you're a person who um, receives a housing choice voucher, if that status should be protected against discrimination. Okay. And so I was hoping that like maybe they would tie like histories of housing discrimination and people getting a bad rep and like all these things you said yeah. to do. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, it's going to go perfectly. Right. And it, it we ran out of time and sure. um, some people were able to get that kind of question answered and gave mm -hmm. me a reason why. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think students gave like very, like they give answers based on personal opinion, which also worked. You know, I got a lot of like, from the perspective of a renter, yes, this should be a protected class because no one should be discriminated against, which I thought was like really sweet. Yeah, you're, you're like, oh, I'm yeah. glad that that's where you're at, you know, personally, yeah. but can you relate it to the, Yeah, like to give I me some connection. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So definitely ran out of time in that sense. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, and then it was also like me kind of getting a grounding in what I'm actually teaching. Cause I didn't know that much about section eight. I knew a little, but not a whole lot 
Um, sure. Did you do just one ob- observation in one class to teach it to, or did you get like another chance to do it with a different unit or a different section, I should say? Yeah, I got uh, two class periods okay. to teach it. Mm-hmm. And it was different because the first class period, there were less students with I- IEPs and less bilingual students sure. in second period. And then in third period, there were more students with IEPs, learning disabilities, and yeah, some students with um, who were English language learners. So third period was a little bit like a different sort of feel than second period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, because I tried to cram so much in, I just, I didn't give enough modeling or scaffolding. Sure. So third period was a little bit trickier in that sense because I didn't give students enough support Okay. Um, to kind of yeah. get them to the end. But you're able to adjust, which is nice because you know like, oh, they struggle with this or... Yeah, totally. And our and my uh, mentor teacher was able to kind of hop in occasionally and sort of help out. Okay. Is that, um, is that good? Or, like, are you like, oh, fuck this guy. No. Why, why, did he, why did he hijack my shit? But... No, I was kind of glad because he, okay. he hopped in where maybe I was struggling to make a connection or something and he was able to oh, okay. provide some connection and context for the students. Like with, with the task they had or with the content? With the content. Okay. But then relating it to the different tasks... Sure. Um, so that I, I appreciated that, but yeah. <laughs> I had that too. Like, so when I was also in my practicum, my, uh, mentor teacher at the time, this was the, the part-time one where you do like two or three lessons. Mm-hmm. He stepped in and he just did like a check for understanding. Like, do you guys know what you're supposed to be doing with this task? And I was like, Ooh, that's good. Mm. And then when I was in student teaching, uh, I had us first period and seventh period and he was there for seventh period. And I just forgot to make a connection that I made in first period. And he happened to be there for both of them. And he like stepped in to be like, and this is, I don't even remember what it was about. So you need that sometimes. That's, that's good. I yeah, wasn't, I wasn't right. like, oh, God damn it. But I was like, no, thank you for, for saving it. But Right. Keeping, helping me keep my place in the, yeah, yeah in the right. lesson. And where I was at. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you ever have like, have you like any, borrowed any lessons or is it all stuff that you've made? Mm, I think I've looked up like different activities for people to do, like that are online, like suggestions for that. Yeah. Like don't reinvent the wheel. Exactly. There's something cool out there. Yeah. Um, But generally I've, so far the lessons that I've come up with have been mostly of my own invention, but um, definitely borrowing different activities. Yeah. For sure. Only reason I ask is because there's, so when I was student teaching, for example, there was this one day where we had to do some sort of, it was basically media literacy, like, they might as well have called it don't be a dick online, mm. but they had like this 20 minute slideshow we had to run through with videos and stuff like that. And I didn't know where it was going because it wasn't mine and stuff like that. And so I was just thinking when it's a lesson that you've made and you've thought about and you created it, you know exactly where it's going to be. You know, at the end of it, you kind of know how to scaffold towards that. It might be something you run into though. Yeah, no, I mean, I do. I I definitely agree that like reinventing the wheel is kind of a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it is sort of, so like I do borrow certain activities from the internet sometimes if I can find something good and modify it a lot, but it is really satisfying when I come up with something on my own mm-hmm. and it works mm-hmm. and I'm like, yes, like I, like I, I want to share it with people, but I don't want to like lose the fact that it was mine. So like if I share it, am I going to lose it? But, oh, I see. That's kind of tricky. Yeah. I don't know. Lose it to, to the people. <laughs> yeah, to the people that will claim it and make right. money or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So you you briefly mentioned that you got uh, this. Is, so you just did this lesson a week ago or something you said, or not too long ago? I oh, the remember. first one, the one on Section 8 housing I did in October. Okay. Um, and then actually 
this week was my last week of observations. Okay. Um, and the same in the same place. Yeah. And the mentor teacher let me teach another lesson, which I was originally going to do on um, like Japanese internment because um, they're talking about World War World War Two. Yeah. Um, and I actually used to work at the the Alphawood Gallery that's on Halstead and Fullerton. That oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was um, a gallery educator, so I led tours. So, wow. so you were all over education and yeah. student advocacy <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And so they you just, have some expertise then. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, because I definitely got to know the content really well Yeah. Um, in terms of incarcerating 120,000 <laughs> Japanese Americans. Rounding them up for yeah. a very weak reason. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to do a lesson on that because I was like, okay, this is something I know really well. Yeah. Um, and I, I've led tours to high school students. Um, but we, we didn't get to that point yet in the, uh, in the curriculum. Like... Yeah. So, um, I ended up doing actually a pretty interesting lesson or the content was interesting on, um, social Darwinism and eugenics and, um, <laughs> so, something light. Uh, yeah. Just <laughs> casual. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, um, Miss, uh, the, mentor teacher that I was um, working with. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was starting to talk more about um, Hitler and the Nazis mm. and sort of the rise of like. Oh, so he went down that path before you got into the U.S. entering yeah. the war. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So you, didn't, you didn't want to cut him short on the enrichment. No. Yeah. That, so, was, that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> Most people have been like, fuck this guy. I'm yeah. Gonna do <laughs> yeah. So it was actually really cool. I got to build off some of the stuff that he had already taught. Um, he, he basically, he gave his students some excerpts from Mein Kampf. Um, yeah. <laughs> Another just, light read. Just a light. Yeah. <laughs> which were like, I had never just read direct excerpts mm -hmm. from that text and it's power it's, it's screwed it's, up but it's powerful stuff yeah definitely um and i was just like oh my gosh there's so much social darwinism and like <laughs> ideas of eugenics embedded in this text yeah. um and so i wanted to give students kind of a background on those ideas because they didn't exist before i mean they existed before hitler um and hitler just kind of drew off of them and right well and like them. the state of germany and he was a veteran and yeah a powerful speaker and all those things combined like if you want a scapegoat and someone gives you a solution yeah of course you'd follow him exactly so. yeah exactly right and it, and social darwinism created a very compelling sort of sense i think of belonging like when sure people can justify being the top race the better race mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of scary things that can happen, but it also creates belonging for yeah, people. Yeah, the in-group. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So wait, when you were at the museum though, mm -hmm. so I've gone on very few field trips, but yeah. they're a disaster for like the people that are like basically babysitting. Mm. What is that like to, like, did you ever have a kid that you're just like during a field trip, you're just like, can you just, just shut your... <laughs> just, just listen to what I have to say and I can get through that. Like, it, like, what is it like being like the person guiding a field trip? Yeah. Right. Well, you know, it's funny is I've definitely had that, but not with high school students. Okay. Like all of the, is tours, it the teachers who are just like, fuck this team. Not <laughs> even, it was, um, I would give public <laughs> tours sometimes. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and hopefully no one who was on the door will be listening to this, but, um, they're, <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna search you. Yeah. No. 
with was, our luck, yeah, they will. Right. No, <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely um, some public tours that I gave where I was like, oh my gosh, like I need you to get that this decision to round up 120,000 Japanese Americans was not rational. It was not based in rationality. Oh, like, so like people, so like not acting out, like they will like disagree. They just wouldn't get, they wouldn't believe it. They were like, but why? But why? It didn't make sense. And I was like, yes, that's the point. It didn't make sense. <laughs> um, there was no rational basis to do this. Um, and the evidence all pointed to like not doing this. Um, and so that was, that, that was kind of a moment where I was like, okay, like, yes, it's terrible. Like, this is yeah. a terrible part of history. Um, and it's not rational and, and, you know, ask, continuing to ask, like, um, to try to find a rational basis, which actually, you know, now that I think of it, you could make an argument about economics, but anyway, <laughs> uh, that's another story, um, in itself. But, um, yeah, it was, it was like, okay, <laughs> I need to stop derailing this tour. <laughs> um, and I can talk to you afterwards and kind of, you know, right guide you that yeah way, guide you that you know as to like 149 how... other people here that exactly yeah. The tour. <laughs> yeah well i was thinking like i'm I'm always tempted to like i went to the field museum with katie like months ago and there was a, a class there and i was like oh damn it like because I, I knew they would you know be acting out or just like they're there on a field trip it's a free mm -hmm. day for them uh and it's always so tempting to be like cut it out like the teacher in you, the adult in you, all of it. So I can only imagine if you're running the tour and you encounter that. Yeah. And it's like during your job when you're trying to do your thing. Right. And it's awkward too because like the people who are usually derailing the conversation are like older than me. Huh. They know better, right? So it's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> when I was your age, like a fuck off. Like, yeah. Let me do my job. That's brutal. Yeah. Damn. So, well. but generally the, the tours that I gave to high schoolers were like really powerful mm -hmm. and um, the students were really engaged. Yeah. Well, they have yeah. that elasticity. They're more, they're more open to it. Yeah. Which is nice, refreshing. Totally. Not always, but sometimes. Yeah. It <laughs> made me really excited to be a teacher. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I love you all. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago was this? Um, the, the gallery itself closed November 19th. Okay. So very recent in yeah. the last few months I've been giving these tours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what made you, I can't, we, when we met, when we had our orientation way back in the day, and then we talk about it all the fucking time whenever we have a, a class or something like that. But what was like the moment you were like, this is what I want to go into? Mm. Not so much the program, but like you knew what you wanted to do. Yeah. No, that's a great question. I, I, cause I graduated from UW-Madison in history and then I moved to Chicago and didn't work for a couple of years or didn't, didn't go to school for a couple of years. I <laughs> worked. I, I, sat. <laughs> I worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I made it financially, but <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, yeah. But in the, in the interim, I worked at several different places mm. um, and found that I actually started working at a clinic um, that one of the things they do is it's a, ch it's for a children's hospital and they have a gender development clinic Okay. Um, where transgender and gender nonconforming, gender questioning, um, young people can come and it's a multidisciplinary clinic. And, um, I started working with that department and just like totally, there was, um, a, a teen support group, um, where teens and their parents could come and then they would split them into different groups where parents could get support within each other. Um, and with oh, a facilitator, like, like where they struggling with? With with, the, with their children coming out, yeah, okay. as trans or transition-related stuff or whatever it was. They, but they still wanted to be supportive, right? Or, yes. Or were they, so they weren't, like, resistant or hesitant or... 
I think the general sentiment was there that they love their child and they want to support them. Yeah. But we're maybe sometimes struggling with some of the things that came along with um, mm. coming out as trans or adjusting to new pronouns, um, sure. going from son to daughter or um, daughter to son or, you know, uh, genderqueer um, sort of or agender, whatever it was. So, yeah, the parents had their own support group. And I was rarely with this with the parents, but I was often with the teens. Um, was that by choice or they said, we want you with? By choice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, that's where the more like interesting development's going to be, right? Like not, not to discount, you know, the parent experience, but that's where I would be more interested. Like, yeah. No, I, it was definitely very interesting. I think part of it too was my own, where I was in my own as like a trans person myself, like mm-hmm. just having, it would have been harder for me to be with the parents because I had a hard enough time when my parents had a sure, hard time. Sure. Yeah. Um, and to, to hear their conversations could be very humanizing for me. Right. Um, but it also, also could trigger certain yeah, things in me. Um, up some stuff. Yeah. So I was often with the teens um, and I've been with the parents since then and it's been really humanizing um, yeah. and really awesome. But um, mostly with the teens and I just fell in love with like youth mentorship and um, I started like going to like like a LGBT summer camp as like a camp counselor and like, yeah, you know, that's cool though. Um, yeah. and then I realized like, wow, I love history. I love <laughs> mentoring young people. History had a profound impact on my life right. and how I understand things and how I understand myself. Um, it actually is what was like a catalyst in me being able to come out as trans weirdly enough. History was? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> my brain paused um, for a second, but. Yeah, no, it was, um, I took a course in, at UW, um, by an amazing professor. Um, and that course, it was like called historical perspectives through trans slash gender lens or something like something along those lines. Um, and basically what it did was, and it was, it was also how it wasn't housed, but it was connected with like gender and women's studies. Um, but it, um, it troubled gender. It troubled the concept of gender and it used gender as um, not as a static category within history, but as a category of analysis. Because the the binary of gender, that's that's a recent phenomenon, right? Like within the yeah. last, I, I don't know enough about it, but it, it's a recent phenomenon. So that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, especially in terms of like the medicalization of gender and sex and like, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um yeah, and so that just like blew my mind where I was like, oh wait, this is not a stable category and it hasn't, the way that this structural structure exists now in terms of gender, especially like in the US or, you know, because it's also a cultural phenomenon. Like sure. it hasn't always been that way. And um, that just gave me access to see, like to be able to see that um, there's room, that yeah. like it's not like it's comforting. a fixed thing. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I came out. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. But yeah, so I think, you know, that eventually I was like, oh, I want to be a teacher. Um, And in history in particular. Yeah. Just give people access to possibilities. I feel like that's where it starts too. So like I taught in a hospital, well, uh, like a a para slash Mm -hmm. associate, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You wear many hats when you work in a hospital. And uh, the advocacy part, that's, what drew me in too and then add on the fact that i knew i liked history and 
why not combine the two into one? It's, it's interesting though. But that I, so like I, I didn't have like any sort of self-actualization because of, you know, my study about it. Of course I wasn't, you know, in like a time of like self-reflection about anything like that, but mm. that's cool though. I've never even, you know, thought about that. Yeah. The, um, the potential to, <laughs> what is it called? Denaturalize things. I yeah, feel like history yeah. has that potential. De quote unquote natural. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a tough term. To... Right. It is kind of a weird <laughs> term, but like basically dig things up from their roots and be like, and look at it like, Oh, this isn't fixed. Nothing is fixed. Right. Right. Yeah. So you, you also, we were kind of talking about, you had this one student that after your lesson, you kind of, you felt, cause you're obviously a big student advocate. I think I am too you had one student that it really like hooked you and I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to, I didn't want to ask too much about it cause I wanted to like hear it fresh, but, um, you know, in, in your, this was recently, right? Like not mm-hmm. too long ago. Like so, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like what, what, I didn't want to like steal any thunder, but like what happened with, with that? Yeah. With that. Um, yeah, that's actually one thing that I really am interested in talking about. Um, so yesterday I wasn't, I wasn't teaching, um, but the mentor teacher was, and he was having them do book work, which he usually doesn't do, um, but he was going to be gone today. So he wanted to kind of set them up. Mm. Um, and there's there's one student um, in one of the classes that I observe who um, extremely smart um, and doesn't like to necessarily engage with the, the classroom activities. Mm-hmm. Um, like has, reg- regularly or? Pretty regularly. Okay. Um and also often like falls asleep in class and sort of, um, something's going on. Yeah. Something's going on. And, um, I guess yesterday they were doing the book work and they had, they had a worksheet and the student, um, was actually pulling out the, the book and like starting to work, um, probably about halfway through the class. And, uh, <laughs> well, it can't be perfect. Right. right have, exactly. But... <laughs> yeah. Um, and he asked me what, what page this was on, what page they should be working on. And I was like, I actually don't know, but it should be chapter 24. And he said something to the extent of like, well, you're real helpful or something like that. Like, Ouch, like... Yeah. Yeah. And it totally hooked me. Like it was just like, <laughs> and I like, I think I said something back, like, sorry, I don't, memorize all the pages or something like that, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I'm a normal person. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like upset for a minute hmm. and I, you know, um, after that I luckily had therapy. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's healthy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And, uh, and that was the thing I talked about because I was like actually really upset at myself then for having a reaction for, for reacting to the student. Mm. Um, and it was actually the first time this semester that I had reacted to a student. Um, and, you know, I was able to then kind of see, like, after talking to my therapist, that, um, <laughs> uh, you know, as much as we as teachers maybe go to therapy or do self-development work or gain experience, we're always going to react. Like, we're never yeah. going to stop yeah, yeah, reacting. And it might look different at different times or whatever, but... Um, and so I was able to kind of accept that. And my then my therapist said something about like, um, you know, it's what we do with those reactions, that that's what matters. Like in the moment or afterward? 
Like how you either. cope with it? Okay. Yeah, I think I think he meant either. But sure. um and so then what I was able to see is that like whenever I react to something, it's not it's not that I'm reacting to the person. I'm reacting to my own stuff about mm. the person. Um yeah. and like my own stuff, my own my own coping mechanisms that I've developed um that are interacting with theirs. Um and yeah, I, I just really saw that like, okay, I could see then how the way that I've developed survival techniques is like, I need to be helpful. Like I need to be helpful. I need to be able to like serve right. people. And then that's then, what got the reaction. Out yeah. Okay. Now mm-hmm. I got you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, yeah, it was like a jab, you know, cause I was like, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I need to be hundred percent helpful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And so then I was able to just be like, okay. And then at that point I could actually really hear what was behind that for the student, which I realized was probably something like, why won't you help me? Sure. Um, which may or may not, you know. which may or may not have been. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I guess I'll never know. Um, but <laughs> it's a dark way to end it. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'll never know. <laughs> um, but then I was like, Oh man, like, yeah, there's no reason to like run away or get upset at the student because it's likely their way of coping with something. Mm-hmm. Um, to say something sarcastic. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I think that kind of got me thinking about like, as a teacher, I'm going to need a regular way to reflect on things like that. Yeah, yeah um, you definitely do. And to find like, maybe find other teachers or people in my life who want to do the same. Um yeah. And so I think, you know, as much self-development work I do or, you know, <laughs> it's always going to, you know, I'm always going to have these reactions. So really yeah. doing that reflective work so I can really actually be there for my students will yeah. be important. Yeah. Cause you have to grow and develop as a person. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of what, I think that's why this journal that I have all my notes for the podcast on that, I think that's why they gave it to me. But mm. initially I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. But it, it turned into my notes for the podcast, which in a way is its own it's way of self-reflecting, right? But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's cool. So I, I want to kind of uh, ask about like transparency with students mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I do want to get to, before I forget, because I just want to get it out of the way mm-hmm. uh, to get to the quick promotion. So uh, this is going to sound so scripted. Uh, so I apologize, listeners. So I wanted to let you know about a campaign I'm taking part in called Two Pods a Day. Hashtag Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the month of January. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Hashtag two pods a day encourages you to listen more, listen indie. Find more shows like mine by following hashtag two pods a day on Twitter and Facebook. So Classroom Brew is going to be featured on two pods a day uh, at some point during January. I want to say the first month, not 100% sure, uh, but I am looking forward to that. So please make sure you check out two pods a day uh there's a hashtag i think it's brought to you by americana podcast i could be wrong that wasn't the scripted part that was me all right sorry so awesome (laughs) so if you have a student where if you have a reaction to them like that you know anything like that especially when you're about to get ready to student teach and you're you're really gearing up for that where do you like stand as far as so identifying as trans Mm -hmm. Where do you stand in terms of being open and transparent with students? And, mm-hmm. you know, are you worried about, like, any reactions you might get? Because, unfortunately, with the current administration, people in the trans community, LGBTQ community at all, being treated like shit mm-hmm. unnecessarily. Like, yeah. 
as far as being a teacher, that, that's an awesome perspective to take with us, especially. Where do you kind of stand? Like, what, how does that, how has it worked in the past? How is it going to go moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, in my experience, and so far I've only done observations and sure. very few, like, actual lesson teaching. Um, so far, I've had no negative reactions from students, okay. to be honest. And, yeah. um, you know, depending, like, I may or may not pass as the gender that I identify with. Um, I mean, it helps that, like, you, I guess, I don't know, it's tricky, right? But um, to have students know that my name is Mr. Shea, like, which, you know... Uh, so you uh, you identify with male pronouns, then? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, like, gender-neutral pronouns, they... They, them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that it's, you know, that's sort of helpful just to have that name. Um, and I, I thought about, like, if I were doing, like, some sort of gender-neutral name, what... I was going to say, like, what, a cross between Mr. and Mrs. Or yeah, Miss, what would it be? Like, I, you know, I've seen MX... I think, mix? Yeah. How do, you, how do you say it though? That's a good question. I think it's mix, mixter. Mixed. Oh, okay. Mixter, which would also be kind of cool, but yeah. sounds um, like a DJ, but right. No, it totally does. <laughs> like I'm with mixter, like <laughs> mixter group. Yeah. Right. DJ mixter on the flip side of five or exactly, something. Like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sounds cool. like a cool classroom. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've thought about that. Um, but yeah, to have that name is, I think kind of helpful. Mm. Um, and then, you know, students are generally like, like I've never, yeah, like I said, I've never had a negative reaction from a student. Um, and depending on or not if they clock me, as we say in the trans community, as trans or not. Mm. Um, sometimes like a, you mean I like identify? Yeah, if okay, they like, sorry. yeah, exactly. All right. Um, but yeah, the, you know, I've never had like um, a teacher who was like what is the word like mean or anything, you know, negative towards me. I've definitely had like as uh, a student, you would never had anything. Oh no. As a, as a uh, student observer oh, okay, going okay. in. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, but that too about teachers, um, in general, but, um, <laughs> yeah. I definitely have had teachers who, um, have not used the pronouns that I identify with or, you know, and, you know, maybe done it in front of the classroom and it's just really awkward, but it's not yeah. that awkward because half of the time it goes over the students' heads and they don't even realize what just happened. Sure, um, sure. But yeah, and so that's definitely happened. Um, but, you know, you just kind of have a conversation with the <laughs> with the teacher. How does, yeah, I was going to say, how does it, so if it's on the spot, is it like, do you let it just go and you address it later or do you address it like right then on the spot? Uh, like I don't even, I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that yeah. if I was in that spot. If it happens, I usually kind of pull them to the side afterwards. Sure. Um, sometimes if the moment presents itself, I'll, you know, sort of offer that like, oh, it's actually blah, blah, blah. Sure. Um, yeah. But, um, and I've actually had a student correct the teacher one time. Oh, on your behalf? Yeah. Oh, that's that's really sweet. I mean, <laughs> it it's, awesome. it's, it might, like, as long as you didn't feel like they were like, yeah, like no. outing or anything, but like, that's they nice. Were, yeah, they were like, no, it's Mr. or whatever, you know, they, they were, <laughs> or it's he or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so that was very cute and sweet. I thought, um, when we met and stuff like that, I, to be honest, I, I didn't really notice cause it's not mm-hmm. something that I was really aware of. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was, there was a lot I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, and I had even worked in the hospital with transgender patients and mm-hmm. stuff, but I still didn't know a lot. So this is the part where it might sound ignorant, but I, I don't mean it to sound ignorant in a bad sense, mm-hmm. but is, is the goal to, 
not like be noticed or identified as trans mm. or is it to like is it it's shifting from because you want to look or feel you know be treated the way that you feel right? mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean male or female so how does it work in terms of like what's the ideal goal mm. for you is it eliminating that binary or is it being recognized the way that you feel on the inside yeah no that's a great question it's gonna definitely like as you know like vary from person to person sure yeah. um for me, passing has never been something that like has been a goal. Okay. Um, like definitely it's a good survival mechanism. Like if I'm in a hostile environment, down, yeah. down South. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I'm like, okay, it's not safe to be trans here. Like mm. I hope I'm like not clocked or I'm passing a certain way. Yeah. Um, but for me, like as in my own gender, passing is not central to that um and i actually really like the gender questioning that happens um as a result of yeah identifying that way yeah and yeah. half the time people like don't know how to pronoun me or whatever um which i don't find offensive at all mm-hmm. um it's more like when i when i do say what i go by that they use that that's what matters to me sure um and so i think you know and and sometimes it's actually funny because sometimes it makes people question yeah, it's weird to be sometimes on the receiving end of someone questioning their own stuff, but like their own, like, 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 like um, wow, oh, this has happened too. Cause I also identify as like queer pansexual. Okay. Um, and so I've definitely like had sort of dates with like gay men, like gay s- cisgender men, um, who are sort of doing their own questioning of like, which is weird. Cause it's like, no, you're still gay because yeah do you mean like you come out to them and then they start to think oh maybe that's something i didn't think about in myself is that what you mean like um questioning their own sexuality okay okay, like people starting to question their own sexuality yeah which doesn't it's weird because it's like no you're still like on a date with a dude which i guess still makes you gay but like you know it's it's (laughs) like does it matter yeah right is kind of where it's going right i think more or less or like someone let's see what would be a good example um yeah it's weird it's like is it weird that i'm comforted that you're also struggling because like i yeah. I feel like i'm always like going in circles like yeah. i'm not sure what to think of it so i'm, I'm glad that I, I would identify you as my expert, <laughs> my expert so i'm glad on... that, i'm glad that you're also like uh, yeah. <laughs> thinking about it and pausing and it's comforting yeah okay i think i got it um where okay so a gay cis man who is interested in me mm. and they're not quite um, versed in trans issues. Um, they don't quite understand, like they start to question, am I bisexual? Mm. Um, okay. And so it's kind of weird to be on the receiving end of like someone because of yeah. you starting to question their own sexuality. Is, but it, is it insulting then? Because then it's tricky because I I definitely, I understand that, um, you know, I think um, them, like, I think that's an important question, like, for someone to think about their own sexuality as fluid, if that's how they see themselves. Sure. But um, to be the person who is, like, kind of thrown under the bus because of that is kind of weird. Like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so it's it's interesting. I don't, I I mean, I try not to take it personally, but... um, yeah, it is. 
you know, it's, I yeah, guess like they, it they is. don't mean any ill will by it, but right. at the same time, it's like I'm not an object that you're right. using to situate yourself. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it's interesting. Okay. See, I, I learned something new. Yeah. Every day. It, totally. It's really, and I, I think you did like a, a transgender education type of day for one of our classes too. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I knew like a little bit, like I was like excited to learn more, but it, every time I see something like in the news or like an interview, something like that, it's interesting how there's always a different perspective because it is so open. It's not like mm-hmm. all transgender identifications are the same and they think about it the same way. It's really complicated. Like it's not intimidating, but I'm kind of like scared how much I, I don't know because I mm. want to be able to understand that so I can be a more accessible ally. Mm. If that makes sense. Totally. But do you think it like generally getting better in terms of awareness and Mm. the way people (laughs) yeah no i think that's a definitely a tricky question and that's a question that a lot of people ask too like inside the lgbtq community as well and i think that it's i'll answer it historically (laughs) that's good that's good that's it's fitting for for, uh, a couple of history teachers right um i don't think it is necessarily better or worse or it would matter who you're talking about okay like for whom is it better or for whom is it worse? Um, and so I think like there's definitely still like trans women of color are the most murdered of, you know, inside of the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, that is just a fact. Right. And, um, so I wouldn't say necessarily that communities that that are affected, by sort of these like cross intersecting, you know, things like um, police violence or um, community violence or whatever it is, um, socioeconomic, <clears throat> excuse me, issues. Like, so it's another factor situated in definitely. the grand scheme. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, you can have like, like, pe- like mostly gay white men who are, you know, very rich or something like that. And for them, it might be better, right? In terms of whatever conditions. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's like a, yeah, it's it, answering it historic, like through historical yeah. lenses. Like, well, cause, and I was, I was thinking about it too. Like if, like you almost think like in a world where it's not an issue at all, people just exist. It's not a thing, but is the conversation itself, even though unfortunately sometimes it's more of a debate about like the negative and positive reactions people have. Mm-hmm. Is that awareness a celebration mm-hmm. of that, you know, identification thing that people yeah. are working with? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, actually, I think that's a great point. I think that um, the the access that that creates for people um, sure. to, like, care, like, health care or affirming health care. Right. That's or really even, important. Or even you, explore and I see where they identify, maybe. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. And to know, like, people having those sort of knowing that they don't have to be this or that, you know? Right. Um, like, what are their what are their options, like, right now with the current healthcare system, ignoring the fact that What's-His-Face wants to repeal and replace it with something bigly awesome, but right. like, what are the current options that people have? Right. Like, in terms of trans healthcare, from what I'm aware of, I'm pretty sure that, I think under Obama, he made it so that if people are receiving healthcare or are accessing healthcare through like federal support in some way Mm -hmm. um, or not when it's um, public, 
I should say, because um, I'm, <laughs> I'm I might you. be a civics teacher. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, important distinction. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, that people cannot be discriminated on the basis of gender identity, but definitely like gender affirming, like surgeries or um, prescriptions were not necessarily covered under healthcare, and it could be excluded. Okay. Um, it was actually pretty rare to have it covered. Um, and it's, there's more and more now, but, um, and it's also on a state by state basis. I think in Illinois, if people are accessing public, um, healthcare, that it's not legal to discriminate on the basis of gender identity. Okay. Um, so, which is cool. Um, and I think more private healthcare plans are adopting similar things, but definitely not, definitely not all. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always a slope. Anytime you're working on making sure there can't be any discrimination, it starts public and then yeah. hopefully expands mm. as people become less ignorant. And mm-hmm. In the context of becoming a student teacher pretty soon, and you've got, yeah. you know, a whole like timeline, you got to like rush to get things done in the EdTPA and stuff like that. What's like the, the big take, like, what are you kind of reflecting on as you, you know, lead up to that, especially because you have this really interesting perspective and... Mm. Oh, man. I guess... um I want to be able to return to why I went into teaching in the first place, you know, even when I'm like, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, you know, because I'm up super late or whatever, like I, I want to be able to return to that original commitment of being someone for students who helps them create possibilities for their future through learning and growing and discovering. Sure. Um, like indirectly and directly, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Um, I think, like, that's another thing, like, especially for LGBTQ students, I haven't quite figured out my level of outness that I want, you know? As a teacher? Um, As a teacher, yeah. Yeah. I think students who, for whom it matters, um, they'll know. Like, they'll know that I'm family in that sense. Is it like, 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 what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, like, students who themselves might identify somewhere like they like, like know what to look for or like i'm not sure it's yeah like, it's kind of weird yeah it's I have like, no idea. um uh i think it may or may not be true for everyone but mm. for me like i have a sense of when someone is is queer or queer friendly you know um and so through like through the language they use you know how they speak. Okay, gotcha. Um, it could be that like, it's not, it's not like as soon as you walk in a room, like you're like, you look, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a radar. Like. Yeah. For some people, some people claim, I don't know if you've heard the word gaydar, <laughs> but definitely that's definitely, I've, I've, I've heard the term. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's the, the appropriate way to like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that's like an in, in out turn in community out. Anyway, sure, sure. Um, but, okay. but, there, but there's a sense of interaction is what you mean. Yeah, okay, now definitely. Okay. Um, and so I've, I'm imagining that even regardless of me disclosing um, either like my sexual orientation or gender um, identification, like students like where it will actually really matter um, will probably gravitate um, sure. towards me. But that also there's also some level of like as a as a teacher um with power as an adult um i think there's something to be said too about like being someone who 
um, is like where maybe I'm the first trans person that someone met. Um, and, and, and in that situation when I'm a teacher and in the classroom, I have more structural power. It's a very safe setting for me to disclose that. Right. And I have to remember that too. And like, um, like among students and that it actually might have benefits. And it's not to like put that, you know, come off as like burdeny or anything like that, you know, but <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Though. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think I also think that like exposure can be important. Um, and just to kind of normalize the experience of being queer or trans or right. whatever it is. Well, and you said that it, it, in the past it hasn't been the students and you haven't mm-hmm. even gotten negative reactions from other teachers too. It's, right. it's just been there a little bit more. Uh, what's the word? Like unaware. Yeah, I guess. So is it, like what, what about like with parent teacher conferences? Is that mm. is that a potential <laughs> right. like concern or maybe not even concern, but just like something on the radar that you're mm-hmm. like oh, I don't know. I actually hadn't thought about that. Um, <laughs> oh shit! I just thought <laughs> I heard something like oh fuck. No, that's these, great. These parent conferences. Oh shit! <laughs> no, that's great. Um, honestly, I think I'm not sure. Um, I have a I, you know what? I don't want to assume things about the parents. Right. Um, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, like, let's say, uh, let's say there is a student that is maybe struggling or maybe they do identify, you know, as trans or in the LGBTQ family mm-hmm. and they have those supportive family or those supportive parents. Maybe they'll be like, our student teacher or our teacher, like once you're done, like, mm-hmm. this is great. Maybe I, and that could be a positive, but totally. there could also, unfortunately, you know, but you're, you're in a, a diverse school for student teaching, right? Yes. Like, um, well definitely in terms of like, um, race, ethnicity and like, um, different sort of immigrants or diasporic populations. Yeah. Right. So that's already, I think when you're in a more diverse population, you're more open to more diversity. So that, Mm. that could also be totally strength. I I would hope. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if they have a GSA. Uh, gay straight alliance oh like the uh a group mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. i'll have to look into that yeah that would, and that would be really cool if you implemented that as a student teacher oh wow like that number one way to get noticed if you're looking for a job wherever you student teach if you start something there but yeah it would also be good for the students that you could have an impact in that way that very direct with a, a gay straight alliance group mm-hmm. from the start totally because if there's a need for it mm-hmm. and you're the person that's willing to step up. Absolutely. That would be huge, but yeah, definitely. That would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I'll have to do more research. I'm pretty sure I, I was trying to look on their student activities and clubs page and I didn't see one, but mm. doesn't mean there isn't one. So they probably just didn't update it. Yeah. Like, they uh, didn't update uh, it or tech whatever. I got fired few, yeah. four years ago. <laughs> and it, says, it says 2004 on it. So right. Like, right. <laughs> that's always how it goes. That's cool though. Mm hmm. Well, uh, I feel like, sorry, I don't know. We kind of got down like one word, but it's, mm-hmm. it's such an interesting topic Definitely. to me, but, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like, uh, anything that you've had in the past with observations or anything like that, has there ever been anything that you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to forget this story. Like I've had everything from like students letting birds into the room <laughs> while I was out for like two <laughs> seconds and there was a sub to there's like weird sayings like, uh, what was, the, oh, what was the one today? Oh, so do you watch the show New Girl? No, but I know what what show you're talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. So this character Winston, 
And when he like has a hard time talking to women, he goes, hey, girl, what's your name is? Like, he, he can't speak full English. Mm-hmm. I heard that shit in the hallway. This Whoa. guy go, hey, girl, what's your name is? In the hallway. Like, what are you, what are you saying? Or like, <laughs> uh, what was the other one too? Oh, uh, this one kid, he walked into my class. He's really disruptive. It's a whole nother story I won't go into. But he walks in. The first thing he says is, who gonna put the bitches up? Or who gonna fuck the bitches up? Or something like that. Like, oh, no. inappropriate, disruptive. Yeah. A whole lot of misogyny in there all that stuff do you have anything that you've like experienced so far or i'm trying to think like i'm also really bad at like remembering stories when i need to remember them <laughs> yeah, um, when it's on the spot too yeah. I'm, I'm bad with <laughs> names and like specifics and quotes but you know nothing that nothing definitely like memorable sad for sure but <laughs> unfortunately yeah I'm trying to think like funny. <laughs> those those sad sure. moments that I thought were funny. <laughs> right. No. Yeah. Right. That I laughed inappropriately during. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. <laughs> no, that will happen though. Actually when it, so when it's not like it's like inappropriate, like not funny at all, but like when a student does something that's supposed to be funny, but it's not appropriate as like a, a teacher, but in your head as a person, you're like, this is kind of funny. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so hard to like keep it together. <laughs> like stay in, stay in character. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Man, uh, maybe maybe once I um, student teach, once I get into it a little bit more, I'll definitely, actually, I'll probably have multiple. <laughs> Many stories each Yeah. Day. You're mm-hmm. going to text me day one. I already have one. Right. I have four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good. Well, so uh, I would love to at some point have like some sort of like a, like a follow-up thing and we can go back and forth and tell war stories and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But mm-hmm. would you ever want to be back on uh, Classroom Brew? Yeah. This it's, was fun. Yeah. It, it's always weird the first few minutes, but it gets easier and more natural with time. So totally. That's always the good thing. Yeah. But, right. All right. Well, uh, thank you for being on this week. Thank uh, you. I feel like I learned a lot, which is cool. And it, it we went down like a, a cool path that I didn't really anticipate. But thank yeah, you for, for sharing that. That means a lot that you were comfortable enough to, to open up about that. Yeah. So, thank you. Thanks for this opportunity. Absolutely. All right. So this was. I already forgot the number. Uh, Oh, episode 12. This was episode 12 of Classroom Brew. Uh, Thank you guys that have been listening every week, subscribing and spreading the word. If you haven't, please make sure you rate and review in iTunes and the podcast app. We're also on Google Play. There's the YouTube channel, which has not just previews, but now I have some full-length episodes uh, in MP4, so you can watch it on YouTube, download it, whatever you want to do. Make sure you reach out if you want to, you know, we don't have a Twitter. We do have a hashtag classroom brew and class classroom brew podcast i think uh but if you want to reach out our instagram is at classroom brew also the facebook page and classroom brew at gmail.com if you want to reach out that way as always thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week thank you again sam thank you